Dear family and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who clothes you in his baptismal promise again this day and calls you his beloved saints. Amen. The wind swept clouds of a cold winter's eve gently surrounded us as Kathy and I set out on a pilgrimage with heavy but thankful hearts. March 1986. We chartered our old Chevy on a course that would take us from the south side of Chicago to a small dairy farming community in southern Wisconsin. The same twinkling stars as with odysseys of old, the ones that had led Abraham and Sarah, Moses and the wise men, seemed once again to guide us along those back country roads, pointing our way over hill and dale to a humble little hamlet called Blanchardville. We were on our way to a funeral to say farewell to one of God's beloved saints. On this All Saints Sunday, let me ask you this question. Who is a saint? And who or what makes you a saint? Most people think a saint is someone who's lived a perfect life or performed miracles, someone who's lived in exotic places like Palestine or Italy or Spain or France, or who's worn maybe some tattered robes or worn Birkenstocks. But in March of 1986, Kathy and I were on our little pilgrimage to thank God for a saint whose family of dairy farmers actually hailed from the Holy Land of Norway. A giant of the earth who'd worn bibbed overalls and chewed snuff much of his life. What kind of snuff stuff, you might ask? Well, skull, of course. And if the Vatican was searching and researching any miracles he performed, you know, in order to qualify for being a saint, it was probably the time when, with freezing cold hands, he'd gone out to the barn at milking time, and in reaction, as the story goes, that cow she just jumped right over the moon. Otherwise, they were the extraordinarily ordinary miracles he performed with soil and seed, leaning into a one-bottom plow while praying for the rain of God's grace, from whom all true and lasting sainthood flows. Now, this Norwegian dairy farmer, this great saint I'm referring to, was my grandfather, my mother's dad. Stoical, practical, hardworking, always good-humored. But especially today, I remember all the friends and family he shared his family with, he shared his faith with, his heart and hands with. Like helping a neighbor, I recall, who'd taken ill at harvest time or reminding me and my cousins that we were children of God, precious in God's sight. 
Not only as we hitched a flatbed stacked high with hay bales to a, a John Deere A or B or 620, but keeping my gaze also heavenward. Johnny said, always hitch your wagon to a star. Yes, today is All Saints Sunday, when spirits of heaven come down and those on earth are lifted up. All of us join together at the Lord's table by the cradling hands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion of saints. When our eyes not only go heavenward, but also they look around us, look around to those who, as Jesus says, are the least of these, my brothers and sisters, who need our tender care. As Luther was later to write during the Reformation, the living saints are your neighbors, the naked, the hungry, and those who are thirsting, the poor who have wives and children and suffer for righteousness' sake. Are you hearing the Beatitudes from the gospel? Direct your help, says Luther, toward them. Begin your work here. Use your voice to protect and affirm them with the gospel. Give them your coat in order to cover them. Remind them, they're children of God, that they are saints. Now, to go back for a moment to that late night drive on the back roads from Chicago to southern Wisconsin. I was reminded of the words of another great saint, another grandfather in the faith, who now some 70 years ago stood right here in this pulpit, Dr. Al Rognes, who encouraged our congregation to truly stretch for, for a star. He challenged our congregation to give 50% of our annual budget for mission. But I was also reminded of some of his words for this day that come on spirited wing. Al writes, there is no point in the communion service that so effectively vaults me into the company that awaits me on the other side of death is when the pastor prays. And so with the church on earth, gathered together with the hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their unending hymn. It is then at the Lord's table, in the feast of victory, that the Lord himself comes and serves us all together, joining heaven and earth as one. So writes Dr. Rognes. Family and friends, can you see this marvelous image of the whole family joined at table as we pray on earth as it is in heaven? The whole ragtag crew all dressed in the watery robes of Christ's baptismal promise that you are beloved, that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. In our age of rabid individualism and privatized religion, and especially an age of loneliness that's exacerbated by this COVID pandemic, We are extremely aware, and we need to remember that throughout the history of Israel, as well as the fledgling days of the New Testament church, it is to a community, the community of saints in Christ, that God most fully reveals Himself and calls us 
to be saints for others as we are centered in His Word and sacrament. God so loved the world, says St. John, not just the church, not just Israel, not just you and me, but the world. From the fellowship of quilters and volunteers that has moved out to Project Car and the banquet to helping give birth to Pueblo de Dios and our First Lutheran African ministry or the recent founding of Church on the Street and Phone Buddies, the lines of the cross are always open. You see, this communion is thus never only a gift, a gift to faith, but also a task of love. It is the sense of community, of fellowship in the largest sense possible toward which the church continues to move forward in mission for all, as Hebrew says, who seek a homeland. And its definition of that fellowship is nothing less than the communion of saints writ large on this festival day of all saints. I mean, what a thrill to know as we confess again this day on the wings of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the dead, that we are connected with St. Paul and Augustine, J.S. Bach, Van Gogh, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, and all those who've gone before us. And so, in praise of God for those forebears in the faith hitched to Christ and His Bethlehem star, we join in singing for all the saints, they in glory shine, those who still cheer us on, now from celestial bleachers. They have attained but yet are still contending. And this is an enormous yet. In our second reading from the book of Hebrews, we are reminded, perhaps rather surprisingly, that the story is not over, even for them. For you and I are yet part of the process of redemption, and it will not be accomplished without us. God has not created us simply to be onlookers to this great work of salvation, but participants. We share with our saintly forebears in the faith in an ongoing drama of salvation. Listen again to Hebrews 11, translated by J.B. Phillips. All these won a glowing testimony to their faith, but they did not then and there receive the fulfillment of the promise. God had something better planned for our day, and it was not His plan that they should reach perfection without us. Toward the end of his life, I think Luther wrote something, again, pretty striking in his theological last will and testament called the Schmalkald Articles. Luther writes, the children of God do not want to go into heaven alone but rather wish to bring along the most sinful people if they're able. And as Luther would remind us, that is so for us. Those sinners who are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, simultaneously saints and sinners. Listen closely here. All who take the name of Jesus from our baptism, immerse therefore in His work 
His will, His cross, His church are all saints by God's baptismal making. This is how we are made into saints, not by some merit of our own, but surely as a gift of God's grace. St. Bob, St. Betty, St. Doris, St. Steve, St. Dave. And yet we are all imperfect until we're made perfect in God's kingdom come. Again, as my grandfather would respond to those who critique and say, oh, the church, why would I ever want to be a part of that group of hypocrites? My grandfather's response, there's always room for one more. Mm -hmm. Yes, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, still to come, and we feel it deep down in our bones. Finally, dear saints, those here in this place, those virtually on our broadcast this morning, and those in spirit, you are blessed by God to be a blessing, and you are not alone. You're in the great company of saints. You have all this company, all these saints sitting right next to you here this morning whom you can see and don't take for granted. But also, those of the great cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on, calling your name and shouting themselves hoarse with encouragement. Can you see them? That beloved grandfather, grandmother, mother, father, sibling, spouse, child, still cheering you on. Because you're part of them, and they are part of you, all related in the blood of Christ that courses through this body of believers this day, All Saints Sunday. For in the midst of it all is the fellowship divine. We share in Christ's real and amazing presence that comes to us again this day, the great star maker, joining you with the heavenly host through bread and wine. Cheering, rise up, O saints of God, hitch your wagon to my star. And oh, those saints who are marching in, splashed in the baptismal, communing hope and joy of Christ's saving promise, do you want to be in that number? Well, my friends, you are. You are God's saints. You are. Thanks be to God. Amen.